Welcome to another episode of the Margin Max Minute. I'm Paul Ayers, the fifth professional one, and I'm thrilled that you've joined me today. Thank you for tuning in. I hope that you will remember to subscribe, share, and like this so that we can continue to bring you actionable tips on a weekly basis. Today, I'm going to introduce a topic which I refer to as the Carnegie Clock. The Carnegie Clock, if you actually Google that, you're going to find out that it is a standard for the academic hour across universities. That's not at all what I'm talking about is complete coincidence. I'm referring to the work Think and Grow Rich, written by Napoleon Hill after he was blessed to be able to follow Andrew Carnegie, one of the original American industrialists, around for over a year to learn his principles and practices that separates peak performers from the rest of the population. This was Napoleon Hill's question. It's a great work. If you haven't read the book already, I highly recommend that you get that done. Regardless, when we get to the aspect of time management, Napoleon Hill was very interested how people like Andrew Carnegie were able to get so much done and be so effective with the same 24 hours. What the principles described come out is what I refer to as the Carnegie clock. I want you to imagine a simple clock, old fashioned, not digital, but the face with the numbers one through 12, the minute hand and the hour hand, and imagine dividing that up into eight hour segments. That leaves us three of those. Andrew Carnegie was very adamant that there were these three divisions of time, eight hours for rest, eight hours for work, and eight hours for learning and leisure. What was interesting about Andrew Carnegie's time, however, is that eight hours was absolutely spread across six days a week in the industrial settings, much more than not. So they were referring to a basic 48-hour week. And when you think of it, it's quite interesting and it makes sense in an age where we didn't have almost instantaneous access to information and communications, simply that extra eight hours was more than used up probably in the effort to get simple communications and research done. So it's easy to understand how a longer week was required in days of old when Andrew Carnegie was making positive change across North America. Regardless, back to his three segments of time, he has eight hours of rest, eight hours of learning and leisure, and eight hours of work. What was again different was that in the eight hours of learning and leisure, he included what we now refer to as networking time. He referred to research time and he referred to working on personal skills time. This would range between three and four more of those eight hours. So in fact, true leisure time was left between three and five hours a day. And based on what he also documented, the majority of that three and five hours a day was then put forth in terms of helping as a good community member. That would be proactively helping friends and family to get done what they needed to do, networking with friends and family, and pursuing leisure. So it was a completely different mindset than what, and maybe requirement actually, than the world we live in today. But the takeaway for today is to consider your eight hours of learning and leisure. It's very popular right now to migrate toward a 40-hour week, even less. 
But I challenge you to consider that additional eight hours a day of learning and leisure to invest in yourself, invest in your relationships, invest in what your passions are, and truly invest that time in learning rather than spending it in leisure. These are personal decisions and they matter over the long haul. I think we all have to reach our personal balance. I will not say, and I don't think it's accurate, that there is one particular approach that works for everybody. However, I do believe that those individuals that make decisions to invest higher amounts of their learning and leisure time into their career, into their fitness, and into their family, the top three pillars of almost all of our lives, they're going to have an outstanding life journey relative to the most of the rest of the people that start to use those eight hours predominantly for leisure. Yes, we all need to have leisure and we should not forgo it simply for career. It's very important to make decisions relative to what you're trying to accomplish. Again, I want to refer back to some of the previous podcasts and work where I brought up the concept where if we can find a state of being where our version of play, which is in fact our leisure time, intersects with our version of work, we're truly blessed and we're more apt to invest more of that learning and leisure time in a way that's going to optimize what we're trying to get done in career, which is going to overflow into family and our leisurely pursuits. So in closing today, the takeaway is to just think very clearly about making some decisions regarding investment of time in that learning and leisure time toward learning, self-development, and moving along your career, your relationships, and your health and wellness. I hope that this has spurred some great thoughts for you. If you'd like to discuss any of these, you're welcome to go on my website, www.thefitprofessional1.com and request a no-charge consultation, and we can discuss just how we can move forward to help you pursue your very best life. Until next time, thank you for joining me. It's time to get to work.